The Atlanta Braves rotation takes another hit with Charlie Morton going on the IL. Plus, the minor league season is over. We'll discuss all that on today's episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on social media at shortstopball. Make sure you check out the podcast there as well at Lockdown underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast or about the Braves in general, and I'll do my best to answer those. If you're new on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. If you're watching this video there, hit the thumbs up button as well to help support the show of over 7,000 subscribers now on YouTube. So that is awesome. Thank you so much for showing your support there. Thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. If you're an everydayer, let me know down in the comment section below, just like Whit Dog and Gary Gibson did on some of the podcasts over the weekend. If you missed the one on Saturday, had a conversation with Jake and Jordan from Cespedes Family Barbecue. Great conversation with them. I love getting an outsider's perspective on the Atlanta Braves, and they're both very complimentary. I'm actually going to have more of that interview on Tuesday's podcast, so look for that as well. Uh, but if you haven't checked that out, make sure you go back and give that a listen. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks, and you could win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. On today's podcast, we're going to recap the weekend where got some more bad news for the starting rotation. We'll dive into all of that and what it means for the postseason rotation. And it's our last Miners Monday for a little while. We're going to turn our attention to the postseason, obviously, as we enter the final week of the regular season and the minor league season coming to an end with AAA ending their season this past weekend. Hurston Waldrop made it all the way up to AAA. Vaughn Grissom finished off an amazing civil, uh, se- season at AAA where he set some records. So discuss all of that on today's podcast and then set you up for what to watch in the final week of the Major League Baseball regular season. But starting with the weekend that was in Washington, a bit of a rain-soaked weekend, a bit of a, a sloppy weekend at times for really both teams, but certainly we're focusing here on the Braves. They did get a, a four-game series win. And look, you'll take those on the road, whoever they come against, however you get them. It was a four-game series win. Obviously, uh, you hope to win all these games against the Nats. But still, to go on the road, you know, have the lineups that you had on Sunday, I mean, it was just, again, it was in, in ugly ugly conditions they were playing in, particularly on Sunday. So no sense in risking guys out there if you don't have to, and the Braves don't have to because of where they're at. And again, they still get a series win. They get to 100 wins on the year first team to do that this season we'll see if anybody else gets there we'll see if the Braves can continue to add up and pile on to that and see if they can beat their total from last year they had 101 wins last year so just one win away from tying that six games left on the schedule so that's a huge accomplishment we talked about it last year when the Braves got to 100 and ultimately 101 wins it doesn't happen very often getting 100 wins in a season is not easy to do and the Braves are back there again for the second straight year. Mentioned, you know, rain-affected weekend. You had the doubleheader on Sunday. It looked like neither team really wanted to be there for either of those games. But, again, 
a series win for the Braves. They split the doubleheader on Sunday after winning on Thursday and Friday. Now getting into the big news from the weekend, other than Ronald Cunha Jr.'s 44, which 4040, uh, which we'll talk about, and we did talk about over on the postcast with me and Grant McCauley, Lockdown Sports Atlanta on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe there and check that out. You also get the audio version in your Lockdown Braves podcast feed. But I do want to start with Charlie Morton because this is a big blow. <laughs> and look, as some of you, some of you may not care quite as much. I've I've seen some takes out there saying that they wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't have put Charlie Morton as your number three starter anyway. I'm here to tell you the Braves would have, and I'm here to tell you that many teams would love to have Charlie Morton as their number three starter. So let's get that out of the way first. This is a big loss for the Atlanta Braves. Is Charlie Morton, you know, goes on the aisle with finger inflammation. I, I was hoping it's nothing minor, and I don't want to speculate on how bad it could be. I mean, it's simply just the case now of, of working and, and getting that inflammation down to a point where he can throw again. They didn't feel confident enough to say that they could do that in time for the NLDS. So they had to put him on the injury list. And just because of the timing of it all, you know, they just met the mark for putting Max Fried on the injured list to have enough time so that he comes off and ready for the NLDS. You didn't have that time with Charlie Morton. If you put him on the IL, it immediately took him out of the NLDS. So the inflammation must have been bad enough i think they ultimately called it a finger sprain but the inflammation in that finger must have been bad enough that they didn't feel like you know they could get it down in time to get him ready for the nlts or else they you know would have just ridden with him for this final week and allowed him to to work on that and get it healed up so he is out for the national league division series that is a a big blow now you're talking about max freed who's going to be coming off the il for that nlds with dealing with blister issues you're now without Charlie Morton, and you know you have Spencer Strider right now, and we'll talk about his start here in a minute. So it's again, I said this the other day, and I don't know if it was here or on the postcast, but it just it really gives you bad vibes of what happened last year, where you went into the postseason with a sick Max Reed and an injured Spencer Strider, and those two guys clearly didn't have it, and you know ultimately led to the Braves, and plus the 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 Phillies just being as hot as they were and being a really good team, but you take out two of your better pitchers and it's really hard to win a series. I don't care how good your offense is. It just makes it a lot more difficult to win a series. And now you're going into the play, the postseason where Freed's not going to have pitched in two weeks. Is he going to be a little bit rusty coming back from that? You're not going to have Morton. And it puts a lot more stress and pressure on Freed being that guy, like I said, after coming back after not pitching for two weeks, puts a lot of pressure on Spencer Strider to avoid these big innings that he keeps having and being dominant for six and six or seven innings. You have to win those games now whenever Strider and Freed pitch. Those have to be wins. Now, the good thing, and I've complained about the postseason schedule, and I still think it's ridiculous, but the one good thing about it is because there are so many off days, there's an off day between game one and game two. There's an off day between games two and three. And then if needed, there's an off day between games four and five. That gives you enough time that you could technically get through a five game NLDS and only use Freed, Strider and one other pitcher. You could bring Freed back on, on short rest for game four if you need to, and then have Strider on full rest for game five. You could do that. So you could get through the NLDS with all the off days and Freed and Strider could each get two starts. So you can kind of get past this in the NLDS. And then hopefully if the Braves advance, 
you got Charlie Morton ready for the NLCS. Because I think you got to have him for the NLCS because if not, you're looking at more innings from Bryce Elder. You're looking at more innings for Kyle Wright. You're possibly looking at a Alan Winans. You're possibly looking at a Darius Vines maybe getting uh, an inning in there at some point or a start in there at some point. It's just you got to have Charlie Morton back for the NLCS if the Braves get there. But to do that, you got to get through the National League Division Series. But the Braves, again, can kind of manage that with just, you know, with all the off days. They can manage that with just using mostly Freed and Strider. And if you wanted to give each of them two starts, hopefully the offense is good enough. They just kind of blow it out and you don't have to worry too much about that. But again, there are ways to kind of finagle things through the division series, but you can't do that in the next rounds if you are fortunate enough to advance. The other big move on the pitching staff over the weekend, Kyle Wright officially moved to the bullpen. This just made sense. And, you know, as we talked about this throughout the season, I kept trying to, I kept telling you, do not expect Kyle Wright to come back and just immediately get put back into this rotation. Not that I don't think he he will be and he'll get to that point. It's just that there's not enough time. He, he's not stretched out. You know, he, he's not stretched out to a full pitcher's workload. It always just made more sense that if he was going to come back and have an impact in the postseason, it was going to be out of the bullpen. And he looked really good. Look, the velocity is still not back up where it needs to be, but can Kyle Wright get you through a lineup you know, a couple, you know, once or maybe twice if you need to and give you two or three innings. Yeah, I think he can certainly do that. And I think this is absolutely the right move for Kyle Wright. And I think what you're probably going to see is, especially in the NLDS, I think Bryce Elder is going to start game game three. I know a lot of race fans don't want to hear that right now, but I think Bryce Elder is going to start a game in the division series. But assuming you don't have to use Kyle Wright in one of those first two games, I think piggybacking him with Kyle Wright is a, a move and a way to go. Um, and, and having Bryce Elder start the game, see you know how far he can get you. But if he gets in trouble early, then you pull the plug and you bring in Kyle Wright. Maybe you have to you know, kind of bridge that gap there with a Michael Tonkin to give you an inning to get Kyle Wright ready because I mentioned this on the postcast, the fact that he's used to getting warmed up for a start, a start and that's different from getting worked up work to come out of the bullpen so again maybe you have to bridge that gap a little bit there but I like Kyle Wright out of the bullpen for now I think that could be a weapon for them again if a pitcher just doesn't have it that day or let's hope this doesn't happen but if a pitcher gets injured you can go to a Kyle Wright and you can feel pretty good about the chances of him keeping you in a game keeping it right there for two three innings however long that you need him so again I just always felt like that was going to be the right move for Kyle Wright. Uh, Esther Spencer Strider still can't avoid that big inning, not, not even against the Nationals. You know, I thought it was a good matchup for him to, to post six, seven shutout innings, break that strikeout record. Couldn't get it done. Five straight hits in the third with two outs leads to three runs. That's a big blow. Four of them were absolutely smoked. I, I'm sure the third of those, you know, you gave up the two hits and then you still had a chance to get out of it and he gives up the bloop. And I'm sure that's something that just ate at him and it's one of those things we've talked about is when that bloop hit comes, when that close call doesn't go your way or you get that ball that's just fair, how does he respond to that and work through that? And it wasn't good in this one. He, after the bloop hit, he gives up two more hard hit balls and leads to three runs in the inning, gives up a solo home run later in the game as he was trying to get through six. Still had an opportunity to get a quality start in there and can't get that either as he gives up the home run actually thought in this one, he was around the plate a little too much. And maybe that was intended as he was trying to give the, the team some innings and a double header, but I, I felt like he was throwing too many strikes and uh, credit to the, the nationals. I thought they really adjusted to that quickly 
and became you know very aggressive, swinging early in counts, putting the ball in play. So credit to them in this one. But I you know I thought maybe this was the one time where I thought Strider was throwing too many strikes and maybe should have worked on the outside of the strike zone a little bit more to try to get those chases. But either way, I'm not worried about Spencer Strider. But again, as I said, this does put a lot more stress on him to be on when he pitches. The Braves have to win those games, and they do. It was his 19th win of the year. He's probably going to get one more start, so maybe he gets a shot at 20 wins on the season. And, you know, he's just three strikeouts away from breaking John Smoltz's single-season franchise record. So probably going to face this Nationals team again. Good opportunity for him to break that record and maybe get 20 wins on the season, which would be a huge accomplishment. But biggest thing right now, keep him healthy. I mean, you got to have this guy healthy and ready to go in the postseason. So what does the postseason rotation look like? We'll probably talk about that in a later episode this week. But I think it's, you know, like I said earlier, Freed and Strider for games one and two. Maybe now at this point you pitch Strider first and give Max Freed a little bit more time. That may depend on how his blister's healing up. And then, like I said, I think it's Elder and right, maybe you piggyback them in one game uh, in that NLDS, and then we'll figure it out from there. But I think you're going to see a lot of Freed and Strider in that division series. Talked about Acuna's 40-40 season over the weekend. I loved that emotion on the 40th home run that he hit. He's just two stolen bases away from a 47-70 season. You heard Jake Mintz talk about it on the podcast on Saturday. The discussion's over. Ronald's won the MVP. Jeff Passan trying to trigger Rays fans on Monday making a case still for Mookie Betts, it's over. It's done. I'm sorry. I know I'm biased, but it's Ronald Acuna Jr.'s award this year. Big home run for Forrest Wall on Sunday. I love to see that. First-round pick by the Rockies in 2014. 35th overall pick was a top 100 prospect in 2016. Didn't make his MLB debut till earlier this year. Still just 27, not necessarily an old guy, but a good season in spring training. Honestly, it started there. You know, I can remember going back to spring training and this guy – Really impressing. He hit 393 in spring training in 13 games, four walks, six stolen bases, four doubles, and then carried that over into the AAA season where he slashed 280, 372, 427 with 52 stolen bases. He's going to be on this postseason roster as that speed threat, but then made his MLB debut earlier this year and got a home run on Sunday, first of his career. Love that moment from him. So that was a great moment. From the weekend, offense gets going. Three hits and another RBI for Matt Olson on Sunday. Two hits and three runs batted in for Arcia, who had cooled off a lot. So good to see him get going. A couple of big two-out hits for Arcia in that nightcap on Sunday. Guys got some rest, as I mentioned, with the, the way the field conditions were. No sense in starting guys in both those games. So guys got some rest on Sunday. It was good to see. Now it's time to go. It's the final week. You know, of the regular season, this is where I said I want to see them lock back in. These are your last real competitive type games where you get to the postseason. You still got those five days off. There's nothing you can do about that. But now really try to lock in, play your guys every day, get them these live reps that you can and see if they can get locked in and stay locked in until the division series starts. All right, next, the minor league season did come to an end and a lot of players finishing off Really good seasons, including Hurston Waldrop, A.J. Smith-Shaver, Vaughn Grissom. We'll discuss all of that next. You love the convenience of getting what you want right at your door. With DoorDash Grocery Delivery, you can stock up for a week or order last-minute cravings conveniently. You trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get that grocery delivered to you as well. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. 
Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Limited time offer, terms apply. That's 50% off up to a $20 minimum subtotal and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONMLB. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONMLB for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Braves will start a three-game series with the Cubs at home on Tuesday, beginning at 7.20 p.m. Eastern. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, Search Braves. All right, it is our final Miners Monday segment of the 2023 regular season. We'll take a break from this once we get into October, focusing on the postseason, which hopefully is a long run. And then in the offseason, we will do a lot of deep dives into uh, the prospects, if you're new to Lockdown Braves, you haven't followed me in the offseason before, that's when I go back. I don't have time during the season to watch and cover the Braves and really focus on the minor league level. So in the offseason is when I go back. I watch a lot of minor league games. I do a lot of deep dives on some of the top prospects. And then at the end of all that, sometime January, February, I give you my top 10 prospect list. So I'm looking forward to doing that in the offseason. A lot to get to before that happens, but I love doing that in the offseason. We'll have a lot more prospect content then, but this wraps up our regular season for Miners Monday. We'll start with the top prospects. A.J. smith Shaver. does he get another look here? I'm not giving up on the fact that he could become another part of this bullpen, especially with the rotation the way it is right now. He's a guy that could come in, give you two or three innings, his last start at Gwinnett, just two innings. They've really managed his workload here down the stretch. No hits, did walk three, no earned runs, and four strikeouts. So still kind of struggling with command a little bit, as you would expect. The kid is very young and got pushed aggressively this year, but has big-time stuff. Again, the four strikeouts in two innings. Could he be you know, a, a dark horse candidate for the back of the, the bullpen in the postseason? I kind of don't think so at this point, but we'll see if he gets another opportunity here in the last week. Hurston Waldrop, Braves made it clear he is done for the year. He will not be part of the postseason rotation. I never really thought he was, but I certainly wasn't going to put it past the Braves to do that with the way they aggressively promoted him, ending the year in AAA, where he went four and a third in his last start, gave up four hits and three walks, but nowhere in runs and five strikeouts. So, his final line for 2023, eight games started, 29 and a third innings pitched, only 19 hits, but 16 walks, certainly something you want to see improve. Five earned runs, just one home run, and 41 strikeouts. That's a 1.53 ERA, a 1.19 whip, despite giving up all those walks. Still had a whip under 1-2 and just a 179 batting average against. That's 131 total innings on the year for him when you consider his work at Florida, the college level, and the 30-plus innings he pitched at the, or the 29.1 uh, innings he pitched at the big league level this year, the professional level this year. I told you when they drafted him, I'd be somewhat surprised if he threw more than 20 innings just because of that workload, but they promoted him aggressively, finishing the year at AAA. Now, he very well could start next year back at AA. The AA season was over, so they wanted to get him more work. The only way they could do that was to promote him to AAA. So I don't know that that necessarily means he starts next year at AAA. He very well could, and he very well could come in and compete for a spot in the rotation next year. I still think he needs a little bit more work as in terms of a starter. I could see them bringing him up for the bullpen now if you needed to, but in terms of you know getting him prepped to be a starter, you got to cut down on those walks. But 
obviously the stuff is there. He's super talented. I don't think he's far away from having an impact at the big league level. The plan for him next year, again, I could see them. I could see them sending him back to Double A, continuing to work on things there. But you know, I could also see them starting him at Triple A. I could see him getting a spring training invite, and if he presses enough in there, and you know, there's some injuries in the rotation, or uh, the Braves do what they typically do, and they're cautious with guys at the beginning of the season. I could see him getting an opportunity. So, uh, again, the Braves certainly were aggressive with him in his first professional season, but I could also see them pulling back a little bit, starting him at double A, letting him get a full workload there, then bringing him back up to triple A. Or, again, if there's a need and he shows he's ready, I think he makes his debut in 2024 at some point, whether that's as a starter or maybe, again, late in the season as a possible bullpen. But, like I said, his workload, he's already thrown over 130 pitches this year. They could push him to 150 next year. So uh, they, you know, he certainly is there, and I think he's certainly an option. But you know, I don't want to get too caught up in saying that he's going to come in next year and win a starting job. I don't think that's the case. I still think there's some stuff he needs to work on development-wise at the minor league level. Um, that's it for your top prospects this past week. Everybody else done for the season. Now looking at Gwinnett. And some of the standouts this past week, Von Grissom, seven for 23, three doubles, two stolen bases. You now look at the season for Von Grissom, 102 games played at Gwinnett. He obviously had some time up with the Braves as well. But with Gwinnett, 102 games, 397 at-bats, so just under 400, 131 hits, 36 doubles, which sets a record for most doubles in a season by a Gwinnett player. That's a good and a bad thing. It's good because obviously you're doing something that's never been done before, but it's bad because that means you spent a lot of time at AAA and didn't get much of an opportunity at the big league level where the Braves just don't have a spot for him. But 36 doubles is insane. Now he did only have eight home runs this year. You expect a little bit more pop than that from Von Grissom. Not major pop, but certainly somewhere in the mid-teens, around 15. That's what I would normally expect. Vaughn Grissom, so maybe you turn some of those doubles into home runs next year. 74 runs scored, 61 runs batted in, 56 walks to 66 strikeouts, so walking almost as much as he's striking out, as you know, with the good back-to-ball skills that he has. 13 stolen bases. I mean, it, it would not surprise me if Vaughn Grissom has a 2020 season at some point in his you know professional career, whether at the minor league level or at the big league level even. I think that's certainly something he can do. He slashed 330, 419, 501. Big day uh, on the last day of the season. Went three for four. Got his slugging percentage over 501 and an OPS of 920. 73 games at shortstop where he did commit nine errors. But everything I heard from people that watch that team every day say that he played solid defense. It's one of the things I'm looking forward to going back and watching this offseason and really breaking down what he looked like because it certainly wasn't great in spring training. You can go back to – I reacted to the very first ground ball I saw him take in a spring training game this year, and I said it just doesn't look fluid. It doesn't look like a guy who's confident defensively at shortstop. So I'm really interested to go back and look at the end of this year and see what he looked like. Do the actions look more fluid? Does it look like a guy who's confident out there defending his position? Um, but we'll certainly see about that. 31 games at second base. He made just one error there. Again, can't really just look at errors and say whether somebody's good defensively or not. What's his future? It's what a lot of Braves fans are asking. I see all the comments from you because I tweeted this out or posted it, and a lot of you saying, you know, increasing his trade value. Everybody's talking about trade, trade, trade. Uh, why is my question 
to that why and what are you trading for uh and i've, I've maintained this all throughout this entire year i'm only trading von grissom if i'm getting a really good player that has several years of control otherwise why do you trade such a good asset I mean, if Ozzy Albies gets injured again, and Ozzy's had several injury, injuries over the last couple of years, are you going to go with Nicky Lopez every day? Are you going to go with Von Grissom? I mean, that's you know a legitimate discussion. You want to go with the defense or the offense there. In the short term, I'd probably go with Nicky, but if it's going to be a long-term thing, uh, then I go with Vaughn. What happens with, with Orlando Arcia if he gets injured? I just I think the decision the Braves have to make is, can this guy play in the outfield? I think that's a question, you know, maybe he goes in and does work this offseason with an outfield specialist and, and tries to, you know, make that conversion as much as they did last offseason, talking about the conversion he was making defensively at shortstop. Maybe this is the offseason they actually give him a chance to work in the outfield because I, I just think the bat the bat's too special to just trade and get rid of unless you're getting, you know, something that's really going to help you, whether you're getting – you know, a mid-rotation starting pitching with years of control or an everyday left fielder that's going to be, you know, in the middle of your lineup. And I'm not trying to overvalue or overprice Vaughn Grissom. I just – I don't know why you would trade that asset just to trade him because he's blocked at, at, at you know, where the Braves are. I mean, again, I'm not against trading him, but it has to be for something really good that helps you now and in the future because – I think Von Grissom is going to be a really good big league hitter for a long time. Where he plays, I don't know, but I certainly think he's going to be a really good big league hitter. As for Braden Shoemake, a guy who turned a lot of heads in spring training, six for 24 this past week, two doubles, a home run, a stolen base. So he finished things off good as well. But over 122 games this year, 474 at bats, 111 hits, 28 doubles, 16 home runs, 39 walks, 104 strikeouts. He did steal 27 bags. But he slashed just 234, 298, 407 with a 705 OPS. That's after slashing 259, 316, 399 last year at AAA with 14 doubles and seven home runs. So showed a little bit more power this year, more doubles, home runs, a lot of stolen bases in there as well. But I just think he is what he is at this point, and he's what I thought he always should be, and that's a utility bench player. You know, I think he could ultimately take over the Nicky Lopez role, uh, you know, whenever his, his, he's done here. A guy that comes off the bench, can play good defense in multiple positions, hit from the left side, and, you know, just be a below average hitter. I mean, that's what he is. Uh, he's he's proven that, you know, year over years now. That's just who Braden Shoemake is. I had hoped that it would be a little bit more, that the bat actually would come around because that defense is so good. Uh, but, again, it's just two back-to-back -back years, you know, full years at AAA. The bat is what it is at this point. Uh, Joe Dunnan had a good week and finished off a good season. He had five hits this past week, including a double. He finished the season with an 843 OPS, 17 home runs, and 19 doubles. Drake Baldwin got moved up to AAA as well. Four for 12 this past week, hit his first AAA home run. Great year for Drake Baldwin. Dylan Dodd, he pitched four innings in relief, just one hit, two walks, no earn, and seven strikeouts. So a good finish for Dylan Dodd, who had a just tumultuous season. It just terrible from start to finish really um, but good to see him have a good outing to close things out Alan Winans four and third innings three hits two walks no earn and five strikeouts in his start at Gwinnett and then he finishes the week pitching for the Braves where he went five innings seven hits two walks two earned six strikeouts he of the guys who have gotten a shot in that fifth starter role this year I think he's been the best he had the one blow up against the Mets a week after they he just faced him um, but other than that, he's been really solid and giving the team a chance to win pretty much every time he goes out there, again, other than that one start. So 
we'll see if he gets another look this week for Darius Vines, but uh, Alan Winans has been really solid. So that's our last Miners Monday for the regular season. Again, we'll bring it back in the offseason or whenever the Braves run ends. But hope you enjoyed that. Let me know if you do down in the comment section below or do you want to see that changed up at all. Uh, but I enjoy going through Miners Monday with you, going through all the top prospects. All right, next we'll talk about what to look at at the week ahead. It's the final week of the regular season. What should you be watching out for? We'll discuss that next. The MLB playoffs are around the corner, which means the clock is ticking on your chance to 100-time your cash on Daily Fantasy Baseball. Baseball's never been more exciting than it is now with studs like Acuna, Betts, Olsen, Otani. Pick more or less on stats for these stars like home runs, hits, strikeouts, and more for up to 100-time payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right, and you could win big. Sleeper's great for social interaction. I've been using it for our season-long fantasy football league for Lockdown Braves listeners where I'm getting absolutely destroyed. But still, the interaction is great. The app is simple and easy to use. While you're there, use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Braves will start a three-game series against the Cubs on Tuesday, beginning at 7.20 p.m. Eastern. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, Search Braves. All right, it is the final week of the regular season. The Braves will be going up against the Cubs. We know Bryce Elder is pitching in one of those games. We're not sure about the other two. Justin Steele's going in that first game on Tuesday for the Cubs. He's had a Cy Young contender-like season, so that'll be a tough matchup, but it is a chance for the Braves to eliminate the Cubs. They're hanging on to that last wild card spot. You can eliminate the Cubs and Dansby Swanson. Dansby Swanson returns to Atlanta. What's that going to look like? I honestly don't know. I honestly don't care at this point. But he is coming back in a Cubs uniform. He did some great things with th things with the Braves. And, again, I enjoyed his time here. So I do be, hope he does get an applause. But I'm just kind of over it at this point. It's the end of the season. But the Cubs are fighting for a wild card spot. And the Braves got you know a chance here to knock them out if they want to. Uh, like I said, this is that final week. I want to see the Braves players get locked in. I want to see them having good swings, having good at bats, because more so on the pitching side for, or for the hitting side. Pitchers, I just want to see them get their work in, stay healthy. But for hitters, this is their last real chance. And you know, live games, games that count, especially this Cubs series. I want to see them locked in. Everybody I want to see the catchers get going. I really want to see. If Sean Murphy's your guy, I want to see him playing pretty much every day this week, or at least two games of, of two in a row, you know, of these three game series. See him catching the first two games of these these in that last two series. I want to see those guys get going. But that's really what I'm watching for this last week. Also, Acuna personally, does he get two more stolen bases? Do the Braves break the single season home run record? Do they get to 308? Those are some other things to watch in this final week of the regular season. I can't believe it's coming to an end, but the Braves got more to play for, and we're excited of that. I'm excited about that. And obviously, we'll cover that all here. But got some more to games before that happens. Braves and Cubs starting a three-game series on Tuesday at 7.20 p.m. Eastern. It'll be Bryce Selder versus Justin Steele. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, Search Braves. That will do it for this episode of Lockdown Braves. Thanks so much for making us your first listen of each and every day. Make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next time. 
Hey, this is Stacy Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 